Welcome, everybody. This is BMP Weekly episode uh, 211. We are recording this two days after the previous episode because of the upcoming uh, European Collaboration Summit and a few public holidays uh, as well. So, uh, we're not going to have articles this week. Well, I'm so sad. Well, well yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other hand, the next time we will be on the next episode that we will record in a week and a half, we will have doubled the articles. Uh, might be. We'll see what's what's. Oh, the build. Build. There'll be after build. Yes, exactly. we'll yes, have tons true. of articles. Tons of articles. That's true. So in the PMF Weekly, I always talk about the latest on Microsoft Tons of articles. Uh, <laughs> and quite often, typically, articles. And typically, we do have a visitor in the show as well. We do have a visitor, and the visitor this time is. Mr. Elio Strauf. He is from Belgium and he's been around in N365 space since we learned 2008. He was away for a bit. He was doing some other things and now he will or will not be back. He that is yet to be seen, but back. we have a yes. great, we had a great <laughs> interview with him about his past journey, his peak outside the, the Microsoft space. And I think sure. that you will find that interesting too. So without further ado, how about we j- jump into the interview? It's right. Let's again. do that. Awesome. Uh, welcome, Elio. Elio is back. So <laughs> we're just back. chatting uh, with, with before we started recording that Elio has been away, uh, out, uh, missing outside of the Microsoft world for a while. Outside of Microsoft, no, inside of Microsoft world. And so, but welcome to the Microsoft PMP Weekly. Um, good to have you back. Um, can you do a quick recap on who you are, and then let's talk about what what we meant with you not being present for a while. <laughs> Who am I? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so I'm Elio. What is uh, this? <laughs> still the same person for people that remembered me, for the people that don't remember me or uh, don't know me even. Um, I'm Elio from Belgium, um, living near Antwerp. Um, I worked in the past as a Microsoft 365 developer, tech lead, and so on. Um, and then stepped outside of the Microsoft 365 world. Um, I wasn't, or that wasn't the plan. That was like uh, unfortunate circumstances of me falling off my bike and not being allowed to work on my startup. And then as money needs to come in, I found a job inside uh, Rapid or what's previously, previously was called Rapid API. Yeah. Um, and I started working on Visual Studio Code extensions and that's also a part that I love to do. And for me, that was like, OK, I'm not allowed to work and I need to get money in. And this opportunity is, is coming to the horizon. Um, and it's probably something that I will never get again somewhere else in another company. So I thought, hey, why not jump on it and let's start building something completely out of the Microsoft 365 space and yeah, work on developer tools. So yep. that's what I've been doing for the last I think it was one year and seven months because two weeks ago my contract ended suddenly, unfortunately. Um, so that's it. I think that that's unfortunately the theme of the of the year um, in many cases. So the, the contracts and and all of that. But let's let's talk about that one a bit. So one year and seven months ago. Well, first of all, you're you're all recovered from the bike crash because I know some people remember that still. Cool. That's we saw good. you just the yes. other day on a bike, right? Taking selfies on a bike. So yeah, I, exactly. I, I, so I can really, assume that's per- so unless yeah. it's all AI, you know, mid journey. <laughs> hey, Elio yeah, on the bike. Boom. Yes. It's a bike with four wheels, so uh, oh, I cannot fall off anymore. Gotcha. <laughs> no, no. The one, the one you remote control, so you just gear up <laughs> and then remote control your bike. 
clever. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> now, now, uh, what, what does Rabbit? Uh, what, what does Rabbit actually did? Uh, what was the extension? Just out of curiosity and understanding the, the how yeah. how it worked and what's the business model and all of that. So yeah, so um, Rabbit API or Rabbit uh, wanted to be like an ecosystem for APIs, uh, like you have the App Store for iOS or for Androids. Yeah. Um, they had a store for APIs. They still do. Um, so if you want to have an API that tells you which uh, weather it will be today, or if you want to send uh, messages or sending emails, it's all part of that uh, platform. Uh, the cool thing is you only have one API that you need to call in order to do all these kind of things instead of going for different subscriptions in every single um, vendor. So that's, that's one uh, part of the game. Then the another part is that they had an enterprise hub, uh, which is basically the same thing as they had publicly available, but then for internal, uh, you can look at it as uh, Azure API management, but a little yep. bit more uh, because you can do testing, you can do uh, governance linting and so on around the APIs. Yep. And then besides that, there was like the tool sets, um, when I was hired, I was actually originally hired by PAW, uh, the PAW team, which was a tool um, which is very similar to what Postman is, uh, but had a lot of, or had more features than Postman had, but it was a paid offer. Rapid API bought them and they wanted to make it a free offering over time. Um, yep. And then besides that, they also wanted to have like an, a cross-platform tool um, and that, all of a sudden became Visual Studio Code uh, or a Visual Studio Code extension. Because when yeah. I was hired, the plan was still to build another tool, uh, which was an Electron tool. And then I was building the Visual Studio Code tool. And in two months, I showed the proof of concept. And they was like, oh, but we're, the, we're having this Electron application, which is already in development for six months. And it's yeah. far from feature complete. And what you showed in this proof of concept of two months, that looks <laughs> like Better. the real tool. So yeah. <laughs> we, we just killed Electron and then we went forward with uh, with the tool in VS Code. And what it actually did was testing APIs. So if you were uh, locally creating an API, you could just uh, do a request to your API, see the response. Um, you can do uh, batches of uh, requests. You can link requests like if you, for instance, want to first do an API call for retrieving a JWT token and then using that JWT token for uh, authentication on the next call that could also be performed. Um, and we were also building a lot of other cool tools uh, like a testing tool uh, or a real tester, like automate testing inside Visual Studio Code, which was also linked online. But if you, for instance, are working online in a team and you have your live API that you want to test, is it still online and so on, all fine. But what happens if the developer is going to take a tool or if it's if it's going to or they uh, going to do an update to the API, the API still needs to work against the tests that were defined. So yeah. that's also something that we did like, okay, then we build it in inside VS Code so that you can just run the same test that you had online locally to verify if everything was still working. And if yeah. you broke something, you could then say, okay, maybe the test needs to be updated because we were doing an, uh, this kind of update, which potentially was going to break things and which was okay. Or the developer knows, okay, this is something uh, breaking, so I should be doing something else. Um, so 
in a nutshell, this is uh, what I was doing I the, and what Rapid API does. The, the corporate Rapid. API catalog and the, the you know the catalog marketplace that's been kind of a the holy the, grail. Holy grail. Thank you, Valdek, uh, for since decades. It's always been like, hey, we'll have this kind of a centralized service catalog of, offering, uh, catalog yeah, of yeah, APIs yeah. and then connecting and they offer services. That's the same concept, right? It's it's just yeah, one right. of those tries on the same idea. I think Microsoft tried that already back in early 2000s and that didn't work out. And, and well, we we do fail in some every now and then Microsoft as well. So, you know, um, we learn from that too. <laughs> Ilio, <laughs> yes, uh, what I want to ask you, like if you look back at your job, like when you moved into VS Code Space, like what was the most intriguing aspect of that job? Because it's way different than what you've done earlier, right? Like you work yeah. a lot of, you know, SharePoint portals, like the visual aspects and user aspect. And now you kind of moved into the, DevTools space. Like, how, what what intrigued you to go there? You're not working. You're still working with end users, but all of a sudden, your end users become or became developers, which is yep. like putting on a different hat. Uh, you can uh, talk in very technical uh, terms, and you can put technical things inside your tool. You don't have to think about oh, this is an end user, so we have to make it really nice and and the UX needs to be really good. Uh, with developers, developers like the very nice U, UX. True, true, true. true, true. <laughs> uh, but developers also uh, like to try out things and like to oh, yeah. to beta tests uh, even more. So um, yeah, I think we went or the the extension went live in July last year. But before that, we had a lot of uh, beta testers. And you could just put something inside the tool and say, okay, this is what uh, it's going to do without any documentation. And you got feedback uh, from these developers. Right. Not saying that an end user wouldn't do that, but if it's like a very technical tool, then probably an end user um, is not going to fully test it. They probably say, okay, I don't find my way inside the product, so I'm not going to put my time and effort in it. Fair points. That's also what we tried. Um, with these developers, but we were like surprised that they were like, yeah, going for the extra mile and really testing out the product in ways that really we cool. weren't thinking about. Oh yeah, this is something we can do as well. So yeah. I think that that was like the biggest change: uh, developing tools for developers. So, um, were you also were you also involved in reaching out to devs? In other words, like. And if if so, is it as simple as like you build it and they come? You know, you know, like the the myth that is there, or is it like were you really like did you have to take deliberate steps to find them, convince them to try the thing you've built, <laughs> and so forth and so on? Yeah, we had developers already using the Rapid platform, so that's where developers were. Uh, we had developers and ITs, uh, IT pros using the Paw tool, um, which was a macOS application. So we reached out to these people. Um, I didn't reach out because we had a like a product manager uh, on top of that. So he reached out and he started to talk with these people. But we even had um, design sessions uh, with uh, some of these uh, people on, okay, how would you use this? How would you use that? How do you see things com combined together? Because um, in the end, we were thinking on um, the, if you start, online in the web browser, what's the path if you go to a macOS client and what's the path if you're going right. over to VS Code and vice versa. So uh, it should always be familiar uh, that 
each and every three of these offerings that we have mm-hmm. should do the same thing and right. should give you the confidence okay this is something i can understand not saying that they were all feature complete or all in feature parity with each other because mm-hmm. uh, i always believe that that shouldn't be the case because you're going to do things in vs code that you're not going to do in a mac os application or on your browser so there will sometimes be more features in vs code than there are in the browser and somewhere else so yeah but at least you're yeah if you were doing requests you want to do the same requests online as in vs code and so um api being just you know a part of a part of a bigger app that that folks build. To what extent had you uh, taken into account uh, the end-to-end flow of the overall work and your place in that versus no, no, like we build this tool, we only look at our part, and we don't really care if people use us in JavaScript or some framework or in Ruby or in Go. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that was still on the roadmap. On um, so my. Ideal plan was that that was like a project scan. Uh, Say, okay, you're working in this kind of a project, and we're seeing that you're using these APIs. Um, And automatically, uh, all your requests would be there so that you can immediately test out these API requests. Um, But that's already one step further in the game, uh, because if you go back, you have two types of uh, people or developers that are going to use the tool. And that's like an API consumer and an API creator. Mm-hmm. And the API consumer is pro- it can be, for instance, a front-end developer um, calling the Microsoft Graph, getting data back in order to know, OK, this is a data set that I'm getting back. So now with this data sets, I know what to do for building the UI. The API creator works differently. Uh, they start with building an API, so they are probably going to do local host development. Um, so they want to check what I write right now. Is this going to still respond in, in a correct response or is this going to fail and, and whatsoever? So we always thought about these two profiles. We want to support both of these profiles. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, shifting gears a little, uh, you were a part of the M365 space for a long time. Long yep. time. I don't know, 2006, seven ish uh, when eight. you started? Eight? Yeah. There you go. Right. So it's still <laughs> like way back when, right? And at some point, you changed your sco- scope of work to things like v- VS Code extensions and all that. What were like to- top of mind? What, were, what was the biggest change that stroke you? Uh, like going from the N65 world into a big, bigger dev space. And was it like a easy jump or was there like, oh, I didn't consider this to be an, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest change was uh, going from Microsoft 365 over to Google space. Um, yeah. So development is still development. So I, I was already creating a lot of these extensions. So I already knew what extension development was going to be. So um, it's also because of uh, creating front matter, um, All right. which is a CMS extension for VS Code. It's yep. because of that extension and because of um, the, the traffic uh, that was coming to that extension, Rapids was aware of, hey, this person is building uh, extensions, so let's talk to this person. That's how I got into yep. Rapids. So, um, 
So also a good side way of if you're doing open source work, you can actually find a job with it uh, because people are looking at you and, and looking at what you're building. So um, it's also good to share uh, inside the community. So you will never know what happens. So for me, that was fortunate enough so that I did that. Um, well, yeah, um, coming from Microsoft 365 world where you have all kinds of tools available and then going to Google, I think that was my biggest change as uh, like. Yeah, Can I talk about that. that cultural shift? So are you saying that there isn't that many tools or what, what's kind of the difference? Um, um, the biggest difference is Google builds things uh, where you have 100% uh, feature completeness where Microsoft is really good at building tools that are not always like feature complete, uh, but they have like a tool for doing whiteboarding. Um, so you can, or Microsoft can say, if you want to have a whiteboard, just open the whiteboard and you can start putting thoughts on the whiteboard. In Google, you don't have that. In Google, they say, okay, we have a good mail client, we have a good calendar, we have a good whatever, but we don't have a whiteboard. So if you want to have a whiteboard, go to one of our partners, uh, yeah, which is right. not necessarily wrong. Uh, but the biggest issue is uh, when there is no governments around all these tools. Gotcha. And a, a really good example, um, just before I was laid off, two weeks before I was in Berlin, and we were actually talking about, OK, how, what are we going to do this year, next year? And how are we going to divide our developers in, in inside um, silos or not silos? It's the wrong in, inside groups that are more meaningful um, for the future. Because one of our managers uh, he went away uh, to another company, so we just wanted to uh, make sure that we were on the right path for the future and so on. So we were there three days meetings from nine to six, I think, in the evening. Very tiresome, but. At a certain point, we had to work on the SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And we were div uh, di divided into smaller groups of two, three people. Hey, you get 30 minutes of time, go somewhere, come back after 30 minutes. So yep. I think we were with eight smaller groups. Six different tools were used. <laughs> And then I thought, look, this is the biggest problem inside the Google space. You don't have, you, you can still have that in Microsoft. You, some people will use OneNote, some people will use uh, PowerPoint, some people will use a whiteboard. Yep. It's mm -hmm. still inside Microsoft. Um, there it was Miro, uh, Gem, um, uh, FigGem, uh, Excalidraw, and, and three other tools that I never heard of. And still until the very last day, there were every week there was another tool that I thought, hey, yet again, another tool that we- I don't have an account here. Know about. <laughs> so, and, and, and that's my biggest pain points. Um, also on finding stuff, uh, like if you're working with colleagues and, and you want to, yeah, <laughs> write out some documents, go and find the documents. If it's inside the Google space, then you're lucky. But if it's not, yeah, where is it? I don't know. It's in some tool yeah. where you don't have the access to because it's in that tool and they govern the access management to it. So you need to have an account there and you, yeah. need, you need to be explicitly added because they, they don't have the notion of a team because like it's outside your, your parameter. So it's an interesting challenge for sure. Now, now how you do also you, have a lot how, of... Yeah. 
place. Yeah, I just wanted to say like there's there's a couple of integrators like Okta. Uh, they integrate yeah. all these applications. So um, we had an uh, application dashboard, but then still, if you were going to use another tool that was not in that uh, dashboard yet or in the catalog yet, yeah, you needed to tell them. But then it's coming into that dashboard only for you, not for the rest yep. of the people. So they yeah. still need yeah. to request access. So, yeah. I think the, one of the key fundamental things which we rarely even think about anymore is the Azure AD, uh, which which just ties in the identity. Yep. And, and sure, there's problems related on uh, the guests in the tenants and all of that stuff, and it gets complicated and all of that. But it's well, still but it it's helps yeah. it helps on the identity uh, delegation for sure. Well, but if, even then, right? Even if you would think about okay, like we will use AD for for SSL, but then we will use all the different tools where the data is stored there, especially if these are cloud tools you won't have a file to store within the tenant you will have data stored in an app and unless you know about like it will not come back in search it will not come yeah, back yeah. anywhere right so you will still have calling out challenge. that Azure AD is one of those things which are um, a bit different than Google world and in the in the Microsoft world because everything circles around Azure AD and, and quite often well at least I, I have a Windows hello I just tap the keyboard and poof, I'm in and I can access on everything. I didn't worry about. I can tap whatever I want. Nothing is going to happen on that. <laughs> <laughs> I can just keep tapping the thing. But the idea anyway, you've been, whenever you're signed in, uh, it kind of, the, the, it helps on accessing the information and application. Yeah, but it's still just within the Microsoft space, right? Absolutely, sure 100%. You have SSL, but for the file, uh, the discovery. Many yeah. of our customers typically yeah. select one side of the world and then they're in oh, Microsoft yeah, yeah, World yeah. because of this reason. So, and of yeah. course, if you do a cross application, yes, there will be identity challenges for sure. Yeah, so, you know, it's going back to this like whether you want to have a best of breed or do you want to have a good enough thing that just works, but it's, it's within one suite. Yes. Yeah. Now, related on that one, you said Ilya something interesting related on the on the Google and and basically the the one of the big competitors is the right thing to say that Microsoft has more offerings for Microsoft 365 customers and basically we have a lot of lot of out of the like you know from Microsoft as a first party experiences mm -hmm. um, and. and is that and in Google it's more a partner opportunity? Um, but then is that a bad? Is that does that mean that in the Microsoft world there's no partner opportunities? How do you see the partner opportunities in Microsoft 365? There are still partner opportunities for sure, and it, it's just creating the added offering like an intranet, like uh, Teams tools and so on. So you also see that in Google or like for instance yep. in Slack. Uh, that you need to do these things. Um, so there's always a need and there is always like an opportunity for a partner to build that kind of tool to better do something which is a problem um, to solve that problem. You mean so, like the tool you, you build to keep track of the content across the different things? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> That was really that's brilliant. That was... There's if there's one thing that I need more than anything else is just that like there's there's as, as you say like five ways to do everything. How do I keep track of all of that? It's yep. it's it's even I I thought it was a requirement to have in in Microsoft and the moment I started to work in Rapid it was like okay I even needed more inside a Google space um, yeah. because it was yeah searching um, was so so hard. It's like all the chats happened in Slack. And then, yeah, it's like searching in 
in teams. I don't know how it is today, but two years ago, it was horrible. Um, so same thing in Slack. So messages are it's it's just a data dump and you don't find anything in the data dump anymore. But then it could also be that you have it on Google and then you needed to search there. And, and that's what's so nice in Microsoft that you can just hit that search bar um, and start looking and you get files, you get chats, you get all of these things. I was advocating for, for Microsoft Teams because I wasn't aware that I was going to miss it so much. And one funny fact was we had a couple of Microsoft people or old Microsoft people, and we started to work in a Microsoft way inside Slack. <laughs> so Slack still works with just conversations. Uh, yes, you have threads, but in order to start a thread, you need to reply on something. So what we thought about was uh, if we want to have people really replying to the thread, you need to start making the thread. So we first write the title, then we uh -huh. press enter, and then we started to write the content inside it as Interesting. the first message on it. Then the problem is you lose the context, but everyone was so into it all of a sudden that they were like working in a Microsoft Team-like way in Slack, which was that's really cool. That's weird. Really cool. And then you're telling these people like, hey, but Microsoft has a really good tool. Yeah, Elio, stop calling Microsoft Teams. We don't want to be <laughs> oh, it. the Microsoft guy again. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Elio, the Microsoft guy. Yeah. <laughs> how how do you actually? That's an interesting thing as well because you've seen kind of a both worlds and in the Google side and Slack and Teams and all of that. Uh, what's your take on on people being really like strong on taking a side? Uh, because yes, even as a Microsoft employee, you know, been around in, enough in IT, it's 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 not an either or. Uh, it's it's like shouldn't is that a smart thing to do? No, no, Microsoft is bad. Google is bad. No, no, no. Yeah, no, it's for not me, I always had something like I want to work outside of the Microsoft space just to know how good or bad, or what's the pros and cons of both worlds. So yeah. now, now I know that Microsoft is not per se bad. Um, they are doing good things. They are, there's also- Crest wasn't greener on the other side. Wow, so. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> but, but there, there are indeed a lot of these yeah, people with Google hats on and they don't yeah. want to hear Microsoft. That's like, Microsoft is bad. And, and the first time that I said, oh, but this is something we can do in, in Microsoft Teams because you have, for instance, a channel and then you can put your documents in a channel. So we create a team channel and then everything is in that because we were still thinking about how can we share our content because we yeah. had it in Google Docs and then we had it in Notion and now we had it on Slack. So already three different systems. So I said, if we just Bro. have one place, oh, no, 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 Microsoft Teams is bad. Uh, why is it that? Yeah, I used it for one time and it crashed. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> sure. That is bad. First impressions um, count. Like, we get that. So, <laughs> but you, yeah, you can never convince these people otherwise. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it's, yeah. Um, it was not a fight that I wanted to go into. And in the end, I just said, look, this is what we need. And then they always kept saying, oh, yeah, stop with Microsoft Teams. I hadn't said Microsoft Teams. I just said, this is what we need because this yeah. is what is missing. And yeah. they always filled in Microsoft Teams. But it's funny because they they knew that Microsoft Teams could do it. But still, they, it's like... On principle, they were just against it, right? Yeah. 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 It's like uh, hurting yourself just for the pleasure of hurting yourself. 
I think there's okay, a lot of if still... you like that, why? <laughs> yeah. So if, if if we think about the, the companies and all of that, there's there's a lot of this historical package. Uh, especially Microsoft obviously has the historical package of of things what happened in 90s and early 2000s, and and even 2010s. Well, I don't. But anyway, uh, at, at some point it changed. Um, it's it's been an interesting to see that closely happening within a company. But same, actually, the same, you know, the perception which Google did back in the early 2000s still follows. Don't do not don't be evil, and and it has such a strong, you know, there. But the, it's it's open it's open source. It's, it's well, it's not. Uh, it's it's a company which is not never evil. Uh, well. Mm, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's interesting how it kind of follows and and how, especially at some point, there was this mentality of you either or you need to select your whatever, because well, you would not have been able to imagine Microsoft products even on the, the iPhone because it was just impossible. So, well, but it's also I think I think the background right like like you can imagine. Like imagine that at some point you were a company at a, at a I don't know two or five and like yep. sharing a file was not a thing because you didn't have a, a file so I sure. to like Slack I mean like I used Slack for a long time the first my first experience with Teams was like I I couldn't like I couldn't wait how can we get off Teams back to Slack yeah because back yeah. then and yes. it was really early on and it was really bad compared to Slack like Slack was just like lightning fast right so that was my first experience and back then we didn't need anything else like chat was just enough and we had back then we would use zoom for calls and it just works perfectly fine as the company evolved it's exactly as you say we needed to do this we needed to do that we needed a mm -hmm. few more things and that and then it becomes a bolt-on how can we tie together these five different things that are that haven't been built to work in tandem and then it becomes really hard because you need to like shoestring them like how can i we can do this and you can make it work but it's not optimal because it was never meant for that. And then you start uh, a comparison like, well, we can, it just works in teams. But if, if you depart from tool that does like a very turnkey thing, optimized for one specific case with everything else that, that we do, sure, like, you know, like how often do we get the comments like it's not crafted, it's not this, it's not as polished. Well, maybe, maybe not. But it all depends what is it that you need exactly. If you need this one specific thing for this one specific case, sure, there are tools optimized for exactly that. But if yeah. you need, need a suite of things, maybe you should give it a, a try. Absolutely. Now, now I, I remember when we started the Office 365 developer PMP uh, back in 2014, went public, we were in Slack. Mm -hmm. Teams didn't exist. And then when Teams came, we we tested out numerous times, but like, no, this, no, no, <laughs> until at some well, point it's like, especially okay, look, then, right? let's, I mean, let's... like, yeah, yeah. And also the fact that back then we worked with external folks. So like that exactly. external exactly. No access aspect was also yep. a hard thing too, yep. right? So it came there yep. over Absolutely. time, but yeah, the first experience wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. And we also Absolutely. didn't know um, what it was going to be like, for instance, yes. working in channels, right. working in, in these threads. Like we yep. knew the Slack way and it kind of worked. But then one of the things what I always found funny was with with Microsoft Teams coming out like, hey, we got threats. Uh, yeah, so we got Slack works. <laughs> and then the moment you yep. start using it and then saying, oh, this actually starts making more sense. 
But True. it took a while to get used to that. But from the moment True. you're used to that and then going back to Slack, it's like, oh, we got a garbage collection over here. And here we have like <laughs> Dumps still <are> garbage <laughs> collecting sometimes. <laughs> but it's already in, in bins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pre-sorted garbage. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, indeed. But oh visually, that's a great marketing statement. On, this is a yes, file yeah. and this is not a file. <laughs> You're that's garbage. great. I think our PMM... Yeah, my marketing will probably quote you on that. That's a really good way of putting it. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but it's it's yeah, it's it's interesting to see the well, well, especially in the teams just coming on and close maybe closing this teams thread in here uh, discussion. But it's interesting to see how mature it has grown to be. Um, so and and of course the first impressions and I uh, the the funny advertisements in New York Times or wherever where people are welcoming competitors and you know uh, all of that stuff it looks pretty awkward at this moment of a time but um, it's 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 surprisingly good um, and reliable we're even I'm recording this audience. call it's different no no I, absolutely one hundred percent everything so and like it's not comparing that's apples actually, to apples right that's actually a really good point as well because people quite often what happens when I talk about the Microsoft world they say yeah but Microsoft is not in the, the, the consumer space they tried all of these social things and it all fails and everything like that which is like that's true but have you ever checked details on what happens in the business world and in the in the actual enterprise world or in the mid-sized mean small mid-sized market um, when you go there and you're no longer just a, a student it's like oh my god they well but i mean like dominance. even at schools even at yeah, schools true true absolutely. there are schools on m365 and a lot yep. of them too so yeah absolutely absolutely well that that's a, that's a kind of a bit of a that's an interesting the education part is interesting because of course all of the large companies in a in their goodwill offer this uh, their services and products for free for education purposes and then the schools need to pick and and it's a really weird process on how they're picking you know which which one to choose um in which city and yeah it's with my kids uh, within the past what is it five to six years already in school we've been using Google Hangouts, Teams, and it's like it's like okay, what's the chosen tool this year? <laughs> this week, right? <laughs> exactly. How yeah, is my that linked? Is in Google as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, my kids are on Teams. They have Teams. Like it was the the, the first time that I saw Teams for EDU. It's interesting, yeah. like with all the yeah, classrooms and assignments and all that. Like, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's true. Now, anyway, uh, Google, uh, uh, Google. Hey Google, uh, my brain is failing. <laughs> I will have a long weekend starting to, uh, today at midnight, which is a bit of a bummer, but you know, um, but I will have hey, a long Google. weekend. So, hey, hey, Ilya. Uh, now, uh, let's let's bit about talk about the future still. So, what, what does the future hold? Uh, what what are you seeing as the let's let's magic actually uh, we'll, we'll, magic <laughs> yeah, eight partly. But yeah. let's let's actually talk about bit about how do you coming back on the partner opportunities and the, and the things what we can do within the Microsoft 365. And of course, you have your precious ideas and all of those which you don't want to share. But how do you see that Microsoft 365 world to evolve uh, for partners? And and what are the things um, to con any any tips on considerations how partners should be approaching Microsoft 365? Or is that like no no this is my secret sauce I'm not going to tell anybody. Um. There, there's no <laughs> secret sauce. I think it, it just if you have um, 
if if you see a problem, and most of the time it's it's something you see yourself and start talking with other people, and then that's how I got into scroll with, hey, I have this problem. Do you have this problem as well? Oh, you have it. You have it. You have it. You have it. Yeah, start looking at how you can start integrating it inside the Microsoft space. Um, And as I said, Microsoft is pretty open uh, for sure now with Microsoft Graph being the one API to call and to be calling all other services, not when we were doing the things that we did in the past, like Mino Waldeck on SharePoint and then calling into another service and another service and taking care of so many different authentication layers and so on. Yep. Uh, it's it's way more easier. So it's you can build inside Microsoft or you can build outside of it, but still connected. And I think yep. As a partner, you have both of these opportunities. Like if you want to really tightly couple your applications, you can do so, but then you always need to be aware of, yeah, Microsoft can also do breaking changes to your apps if you're too coupled. Um, If you're going to decouple yourself, but then say, okay, go to this external websites because that's where our app lives. That's also something I hear from or I heard from a lot of partners and from a lot of customers, then it's not a Microsoft tool anymore. Um, Then it's like a other tool and then it's very hard to convince people to use that tool. Um, I've been in a couple of uh, meetings uh, the last couple of weeks with, um, with customers from a company I'm not going to talk about. um, And that was one thing that they mentioned that this is for them, it's a no-go uh, when yeah. something is outside of the Microsoft world and only yeah. allowing you to use um, your Microsoft login. So coupling with Microsoft is, is one thing, um, but and deep coupling and integrating is another thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always coming with, with these thoughts and ideas on yeah, how deep are you going to go Do with you- it. And, and of course, team systems ability is one thing. And do you still see the corporate communications to be an area where we can improve things, or is the Microsoft offerings already good enough? I can only say that that it would work much better for me again than how it was working in Microsoft uh, or in in Slack. Uh, so I haven't been using Microsoft Teams for a long time now, just for chatting with you guys and. Yeah. for for doing other follow-ups and for some meetings but yeah it's it's already way more better than than what it is uh what i was using in rapid like well they mentioned zoom yes we also use zoom um and then each and every meeting you had to check in your calendar there's no link in slack and so on so um <laughs> yeah but yeah, if there's one good thing about Microsoft Teams, it's that it's combining all of it and it's yep. giving you the opportunity to chat, to call, to plan meetings, to integrate your own applications. So, and there's probably for partners a lot of opportunities to to extend their own applications inside Microsoft Teams as well. Yeah. Cool. I guess we're running out of time, so we need to stop again the discussion. There would be a lot of things to talk about. Um, I guess that's it for now. Uh, thank you, Ilya, for joining. Um, really, really cool to catch up. Good to have you back on the Microsoft 365 world, um, even though it wasn't necessarily the plan a while ago, <laughs> but you know, uh, life 
go things change, free. Right? life changes uh, exactly exactly so well well uh, good to have you back anyway and and we'll see what you will start doing uh, after after a while so yeah. we'll get you back Thank on you the show uh, after few episodes again well few tens of or hundred episodes to <laughs> talk about uh, the next journey so perfect very cool. good thanks Ilya and uh, thanks for joining um, and we'll go jump uh, and closing the, the podcast um, or the video with Valdek as separately but thank you for this thank you Ilya very much thanks for having me and excellent thank you Ilya uh, one more time on the on the discussions and as we said when we did the intro no articles this week. But let's do a quick recap. What's happening next week? I'm pretty sure that what's what's happening, happening next this week. week next week. So Monday. this week. So we are airing <laughs> this on uh let me see Tuesday, Tuesday the 23rd. That's the, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Tuesday the 23rd. So as you are listening to that, we've done a keynote at the, the European <laughs> Yes. Assuming you will get this, you will get this as soon as it's out there. Yes. We've done a keynote at the European Collaboration Summit in Düsseldorf, That's Germany. We, you are yet to hear the keynote from Build, I think, yep. roughly. I don't yep. know which time exactly in the world we're doing, uh, we're airing this episode, but it might be very close to the uh, keynote at Build. Um, what else? So basically throughout the week, it's going to be European Collaboration Summit. We will be, some of us will be at Build. Uh, so there will be a ton of new cool things announced. Pay attention to that. You will be, for me, seeing people in person. In his first head. time yeah. since four, four, four years. <sighs> Mind yep. blown. I would like if I wouldn't say I'm anxious. I am excited. I'm excited to be there. I will be a part of the keynote. I will be yep. talking about the Microsoft Graph Developer Proxy together with uh, Gavin. I will be uh, at the expo floor. Uh, but yeah, seeing a bunch of folks for the first time since a few years. It's exciting times, but also anxious. So uh, we will see how that will play out eventually. Uh, What else is there? Um, I I think that will be, for a big part, um, majority of my week. And then in parallel, a few days back, we announced the Teams Global Hack, which is a virtual hackathon that is going to happen online on June 1 through 15. That is a the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost there, right? Like time flies. So and there'll be the opportunity for you to take everything you learn, whether you attended build in person or virtually, or you've been to the ECS conference, there'll be the opportunity for you to put everything you've learned in practice. Like do like really experience it hands-on. Meet uh, product groups, meet MVP experts, uh, check out samples, check out the content that we've got and build some hacks, send them on time and make a chance for a cool prize because we have a some we have a few cool things to give out to the best hats. So definitely, definitely uh, like you've got nothing to lose. Join us, yep. use your existing web dev skills where you are SPFX developer, whether you are JavaScript developer, .NET developer, you've got the right skills to be able to build Teams apps. Check it out, give it a try. Absolutely, absolutely. You pretty much summed up everything what's going to happen for me next week as well. So it's easiest and then catching up on things. Of course, community calls happening as well and all of that. And and, uh, luckily this time, actually, to to be fair, I'm super happy that it's only two days or three days technically the ECS and then you can fly back home because the the Las Vegas trip a while back, it's it's surprisingly taxing um, after many of the years. And then 
do you really want to get back on this traveling thing? Uh, because as I said, meeting people is fun, but I know that you're an introvert. I'm an introvert, which doesn't always kind of relate. People don't necessarily kind of understand that you're an introvert with an imposter syndrome. It's like, really? <laughs> you are? Yes, definitely. Um, I would rather choose to walk with the dogs in the forest rather than <laughs> doing that. Well, so, actually, but it's fun to see people. Yeah, so it's yeah, exciting. Definitely. But it's, it's complicated. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you need to you need to to balance it out where you take the time to uh, talk to folks, but then yeah. on the other on their hand, like you also have a quiet time by yourself or with a small group of friends kind of decompress, like get the energy up so that the yep. next day you can be there around for folks. Because if anything else, I love to hear from folks. There's nothing better for for me to learn from folks. Like, hey, like, how do they use our stuff in yep. practice? How do they use what it every works, day in their work? work? What's work? What's yeah. And even the things, you know, the rough, the hard truth, like this doesn't yep. work, this is hard. I love to hear about it because why? Yep. Because now I'm in a position where I can work with others to fix that. I yep. just need to Absolutely. know, and that is really exciting uh, thing for me, at least, to get out there and get out to folks and seek them out. And basically, if you have an opinion on something, I'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Same here, 100%. So looking, we are looking forward to an ECS. And then, of course, please keep on have providing that feedback throughout our community channels, uh, in the community calls, in the forms, and all of that, what we're uh, providing all the time. So for those who cannot necessarily um, uh, be in the ECS or in build to provide the feedback, there's multiple ways of doing that. So don't You can catch always, us online, on LinkedIn, exactly, on Twitter. You can share so the community calls. Of, Yes, exactly. There's so many ways of engaging and and we are here to collect the feedback and, and make a change. And now can we always fix the things immediately? Not necessarily, but it, it's the key is to keep on providing that feedback so we can improve yeah. the services. Yeah, but I we, guess we, with that. Yeah, 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 yeah go on. Yep. <laughs> I guess with that, uh, I guess we're good to go. Um, so no articles this time, as previous we're recording two days after the previous episode. There's no point actually covering one or two articles. And so we'll have more uh, next time. But thanks, everybody, for watching or listening and depending on your chosen um, option. And we'll be back within a week. Cheers. Thank no, you. No, we will be back. Well, I mean, we will be, be we, yeah, that, that is really exactly. hard. We will be back in a week <laughs> after we air this. Yes. <laughs> but we will be back with a week and a half of articles and news. And we will have sure. exciting news from Build, recapping Build, recapping ECS, recapping everything else in between. So yep. definitely Should let's stay in touch. Sounds good. Cheers. Thanks, Walter. Thank you, Vesta. Bye. Bye bye.